Hey, Story Show listeners, Jeremy here. And Angie. And Shane. And we are back continuing to share stories from our 2019 Give Me Shelter Story Show. Uh, And in this episode, we are going to be listening to Dear Dudley by Mariah Morris. And it's kind of a story about um, taking taking a lot of pride in something and really thinking, I'm going to rock this, but then having it kind of go sideways and um, not turn out so well. And so, I don't know. Shane, I know you don't fail too often, but uh, Angie, can you relate to this? I fail all the time. Yeah, Um, yeah, okay. So the thing I thought I was going to be amazing at and was not amazing at was driving. Um, Like, I was so convinced, like, I was going to be good. I'm good now, to be clear. Like, I worked really hard. I was awful. Like, my first three years of driving, like, at some point, a responsible someone should have stepped in and said, you're maybe not ready. I'm just going to take this for now. And I'll give it back to you at an appropriate time. Um, That did not happen. And in the meantime, I think, God, between the time I was 16 and 18, I think I wrecked, like, five cars. Wow. Yeah. I, I was good. Like, I was good at being bad. <laughs> so did you gradually just become better? or did? No, I had a kid, and then I just had to be a better driver because I was responsible for, like, a so human So it wasn't until Oz was born, and you were like, seriously, I can't I get gotta into be accidents safe. anymore. Yeah, and now I get Interesting. so much so much teasing from my husband and my son about how slow and just methodical Too safe. I am as a driver. Too yeah. safe, yeah. Shane, how about you? Uh, well, that's not as exciting, but when I was a young social worker, I uh, had this big name speaker coming to this thing I had hired up for, and uh, I realized uh, on the day of the event that I'd only ever talked to this person's assistant. So guess whose name the ticket went in for the airplane ticket from Boston to Omaha, Nebraska, was the assistant, not the actual speaker's name. <laughs> and uh, I got in a lot of trouble for that. Oh, no. And so I learned as not, I'm not a details guy, if anybody knows me. I, I picked up on that. Big, big, big picture. <laughs> details guy, Jeremy. And, uh, me, I big picture guy. <laughs> sometimes, even though it's not your strength, you might have to lean into it now and again and just admit to the, you failed right like yeah. i think the best thing i did that day was look at my boss and go i'm sorry i screwed up yeah. and she goes okay we're gonna get through this and we made it through so there there is there is uh some something pretty awesome about just owning it right mm-hmm. and and moving forward my the one that came to my mind was uh when one of my sisters got married she asked me to sing in her wedding and i did uh two songs and the first one went just great no problem and and I'm, i was I was feeling confident you know got it singing with a microphone nice church sounds good the next one halfway through the song i get distracted like i'm sitting it's a small church and i'm sitting too close to my extended family and my aunts are crying like it's a wedding you know people are getting emotional my mind starts wandering and i forget the lyrics <laughs> and, and it wasn't like I couldn't as it wasn't a choir I couldn't sing watermelon and just yeah it was bad and I just stopped and I'm like all right let's just take that verse from the top <laughs> and everybody laughed and they were just so gracious you know it was like a full church and it was horribly humiliating but you know so there's happens. power in owning it. It's too, life. Right? It's life. Yeah, yeah, I think people 
um, when they witness, you know, mistakes being made, the owning it makes them be like, yeah, they're human too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the denial of making a mistake that's, I think, frustrating to witness it. Yeah, I think if you would have tried to cover it up, everyone later would have been at the bar like, well, yeah. you, everybody heard that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, the the memory of it does not it does not go away. No. <laughs> I have uh, I I'm, I'm singing, playing guitar, and singing at a friend's wedding here in a couple of weeks, and I'm like, I cannot rehearse this enough, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, because it is, you know, it's somebody's special day, and you don't want to be what they <laughs> what's remembered about it. So, well, yeah. I think that like we all are talking about your past failure makes mm-hmm. you a better later right i mean yeah. well that's how you grow right right that's the power of growth is through yeah. failure and so i think we hear that in the story today too is that something she thought she was awesome at didn't turn out to be the way she expected it and on the other end of it she became this fuller human being which i think is a really powerful story for us all yeah there's actually a, a, a great book from bill holmes called the music of failure and it's it's all about like how how failing really makes us better and that that the, there's beauty in that and growth in that that doesn't happen when things just always go right. So, yeah, and this one is uh, it's, a, it's a great story and it was fun uh, to work with Mariah on this one too because it changed a lot from when she first first submitted it to the end and it was really powerful. So, should we get to it? Great, love it. All right, uh, Dear Dudley by Mariah Morris. Enjoy. Mariah is exceptionally creative and enjoys the laughter of others. She graduated college with a degree in philosophy and English, rhetoric, and writing. So storytelling may or may not be her forte, depending on the audience's decision. This is Dear Dudley by Mariah Morris. I just want to mention one thing. Um, My picture, I'm not wearing a mask, I'm blowing a bubble. (laughs) That was a selfie fail. Okay, just over a year ago, I walked into the Humane Society of Freeborn County. My purpose, since I always have one with the actions I take, was to be there to socialize with the cats who are not yet adopted. The Humane Society has always been my go-to since my mom adopted my second cat, Punkin, who some of my most special childhood memories are shared with. From the age of six, I wanted an animal, an orange cat. I received an orange cat for my birthday the following year. My love for animals has continued since. My first cat was a rescue, and Punkin, Ivana, Louis, Artemis Theodore Nash Bridges, Adeline, Malachi, Willow, Gigi, a calico fantail fish by the name of George, now known as Georgina, after she had kids, <laughs> and countless other fish are. I believe that rescuing an animal is good for both the rescued animal and new owner. For the new owner, a rescue animal provides a sense of responsibility and confidence in knowing they can care for an animal that depends on them for the animal's well-being. For the rescue animal, the new owner provides compassion that they may have never experienced before. I was at the Humane Society that day last year because I cared. I truly did. I visited the cat room on several occasions specifically. I met shy cats, 
spunky attack cats that jumped on me as soon as I stepped in, fat cats, old cats, and cats just trying to enjoy what they have. However, by the third week, I gave in to my care for every animal sensitivity and adopted Dudley. Dudley was a jet black, black cat. The kicker here is that he wasn't even in the cat room. He was in a cage outside of it. I was drawn to his apparent innocence, though a leader of the Humane Society had warned me that he wasn't typically so innocent. Against her advice, and as a result of my soft heart, I brought him immediately home to my two cats and a dog. The first day I followed the protocol suggested by many cat authorities and closed him in my bathroom in order for his other potential housemates to get a chance to gather his scent and vice versa. As also per past protocol, I knew that by the third day he was ready. The cats on each side of the door had calmed and under my supervision, I let him roam freely. He was bold. I felt good about everything. By the end of week one though, my household was in shambles. Dudley had not only started, I missed the moment when he actually started, but had continued and never ceased peeing on my couch to mark his territory. He was not getting along well with his housemates. Willow, my dog at the time, had no interest in whatever chaos was going on. Addie and Kai, my sweet, innocent sibling cats, were now hissing and crouching when Dudley would come around them which is originally what prompted my attention to the negative situation. I have owned cats since I was seven and have never had such disturbance in my animal-oriented household. Needless to say, by the time I noticed what was going on, it was far too late for me to repair the damage that had been done. My couch was destroyed and my other cats were miserable. I had to do something. I checked Dudley's house health at the vet, added an extra litter box, purchased enzyme cleaner to wash away the spots he had marked, purchased pheromones for soothing, and rearranged my furniture. Nothing worked. I was angry at him for what he did. I felt shame that I wasn't able to help him feel at home. So I did what my little sister always advises when there's a problem. I called my mom. <laughs> In short, Dudley was headed back to the Humane Society, and I was left with a cat pee couch. My dad returned Dudley because I couldn't. I felt shame that I had brought him to my house in the first place. I had been advised against adopting Dudley, yet impulsively rescued him. I mourned at home as I tried to repair the damage done to my sweet cats and cherished furniture, which had me questioning. How much is too much? After close to 20 years owning the most wonderful rescued animals I could ask for, I felt broken and looked for someone to blame as I couldn't explain the situation any other way. So one gloomy Thursday after Dudley was returned, I stormed into the Humane Society with all of my emotion and nothing more, invented to the very person who had entrusted me with every animal I ever took home from this shelter. I blamed her, the person who didn't reiterate to me loud enough what I was getting myself into. I blamed her for every shred of guilt I felt for the return of dear Dudley. I couldn't save Dudley. I realized for the first time, for all the animals I have and will continue to rescue, there are infinitely more that I simply cannot. There is no possible way that anyone can save all the cats. 
There is no possible way that anyone can save all the dogs. There is no possible way to save all of any animal in need. There are, however, people like me. People that care enough to try their best to rescue those in need. With Dudley, I took on too much. I wanted him to be, be the beginning of the end of all animal homelessness. So much so that I hurt those whom I live with, and most especially, those who make it their goal to find these homeless animals' homes. So I ask of those who care to give shelter, give shelter. The best shelter is that given within reason. The best shelter given within reason is that in which we ourselves are the best we know we can be. When we are the best that we know we can be, only then can we help others, animals and people, be the best they can be. For all the animals I now know I cannot rescue, I can instead cherish those that I have rescued, like my childhood rescue pet cat, Pumpkin, who had his own challenges, but did not wreak havoc on my household or sanity, and passed away at the ripe age of 16. Within that time, I taught him to sing with me. Gimme Shelter Story Show was produced by Angie Zoller Barker, who always keeps it real. I fail all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and me, Jeremy Corey Greenis. Please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Story Show in quotes, and you'll find us. Thanks. Thanks.